if you're focusing solely on top end stuff, you know what? Start looking at different price points. If you're at different price points, maybe look at land. But you have to start looking at diversifying your your uh, business book of business a little bit on that end of it, and then work on your professionalism, work on your caring, work on your trustworthiness, and it, it'll happen, man. It it's um, you know, be who you are. The money will follow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Entrepreneurial Impact. My name is David Donaldson here with my associate, Joe Martin. And this week, we're very excited to have with us Keith Smith from the Yes team out of our Charlottesville Market Center down in Virginia. Uh, and he was just telling me, well, I won't hold it against him, that he is a Mets fan, as I proudly represent my Phillies here in Northern D.C., which I know everybody was cheering and rooting for Bryce Harper on last night. And I appreciate all the well wishes. Well, Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. At least you guys can make some decent food. That, that's all. We'll just leave it at that and, and right. move on. Move on. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for inviting me, gentlemen. This is uh, this is exciting. I'm usually on the opposite side of the camera asking people. So to go ahead and get questions asked to me, I'm excited to, to do it. So I'm ready to rock and roll when you are. I'm just glad you got a face for radio. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> sorry, I had to come at it with that one, Keith. But um, I, I just want to, you know, Joe, Keith. I'm trying to really behave. That's, I'm just trying to say, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to behave. I'm just, just as you notice my hand moving through my hair, I'm just trying to behave. <laughs> we should have hair. I, I can appreciate the dig. But Keith, let's just jump into this one. Like, You've been in real estate for a ton of years, ton of experience in development, all kinds of things inside of real estate, not just like residential sales. Like, tell us your story. Like, how'd you get into real estate? What's the impact it's had? Like, let's kick yeah. it off there. Yeah, so um, um, I'm a Marine. So I was in the Marine Corps the first half of the 80s, got in the 80, got out in the 86. Um, my father, grandfather, great-grandfather, all New York City firemen. And if you know anything about cops and firemen, they usually have second jobs or third jobs. And in our case, my family's always been in the construction business up in New York. And, uh, you know, when I got out of the core, um, you know, I was looking for something to do. And, and I actually just picked up that construction thing, uh, construction path. And um, I've been doing this since 1987, three and a half, three and a half decades of, of real estate, either in the construction development phase or helping others. We were always helping others build homes. Uh, my wife and I built like 600 homes over our career. And, um, and I'm sure we're going to get into a question later, lost everything we had actually three times. So uh, the good thing, you know, in my line of work, if you don't lose everything you have at least three times, you're just not trying harder. You got to try hard enough. Well, to go I, ahead and you know, I was going to say, you know, if, if, if it <laughs> stop you and you're not scared of it, I mean, I guess you've learned through a couple of those lessons because here you still are plugging ahead. And actually doing better than we've ever done before, um, which is a lot to do with us and what where we are now in our career. A lot of it also happens to be a, maybe not that smart. You know, that whole Marine thing that I was talking about <laughs> earlier on that end of it. But uh, to tell you a quick story about that, we were lost everything from 2008 to 2010, $17 million. And 2009, I actually ran for elected office. Um, didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. Um, but, you know, so the story is, is don't give up, believe in yourself. Uh, you know, sometimes 
hiccups in one's life only create opportunities. And frankly, if we didn't do that, I wouldn't be talking to you two gentlemen right now. So you are basically the poster child for failing forward is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know, again, it, you know, just don't look backwards, look forward. And like I said, you know, this is like the highlight of my career talking to you two. Well, that you know, hopefully that's not the case. You know that, that that's that's. Amazing. I may be I may be lying to you. Like that's a possibility. Uh, well, here's what I'm impressed. I mean, you're talking about doubling down in the convictions, what you believe in, what you understand, and knowing that you know what you know, and we take our bruises and our bumps, right? And there are things sure. that are completely out of our control. However, you know what you know, and you back so, that up. Yeah. So exactly right. So know what you don't know, and what you don't know, you seek trusted advisors to help you through that. But you're 100% right, David, be confident in who you are. Um, I, I use this term, um, you have to be ferociously or fearlessly authentic, be who you are, right? Pe and people are either going to like it or not going to like it. You be who you are. I've never worked for anybody, Yon and I never worked for anybody but ourselves for 35 years. So it's a little easy for us to say this, because we've been doing it for so, so long. It's second nature, I can see where it'd be scary for folks. But man, um, to just be the best version of you that you can be. And never, I know it sounds like a freaking uh, military, I think at the army, which one be all you can be. I can't remember oh, which one. What's that? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're a, an army vet. I, I, I did not know that. I did not know that. Well, thank you for your service, David. Thank you too. I got a question for you, um, Keith. You just, I'm just going to harp on this for those of us listening. He did say he lost 17 million between 2008, 2010. My question to you is, okay, great. You lost 17 million. What did you, what was the drive? How did you pull yourself out of it? Because it's great to hear all people that like excel sure. and they buy the private jet and they got five homes they see all these pictures on instagram and facebook and you're like oh, i'm the greatest thing since sliced bread but we rarely see you know if you look at like a swan on top of the water it looks really good on top but there's all kinds of craziness going underneath right and the question i've got for pulling back the curtain is what was your drive what was your entrepreneurial spirit and mental fortitude that hey i just lost 17 million and not to go crawl up and get a job but to stick at it so like how did you process that and what's the mindset and actions that you took to pull yourself out of that kind of like uh downturn joe that's a great question um at some levels it's very difficult to answer because it just comes to second nature but the important portion to start this off it wasn't just me it's my wife and i right so we had a very open and honest relationship i also saw this coming right um, a couple of years before it did, did happen, but I just couldn't, I owed so much money because in the development game, that's just the way it works, right? Um, I saw it coming, but I couldn't do much to it. Look, there was a lot of solace. I didn't do this. I didn't go out and buy a jet, buy a boat, right? I didn't go out and, and spend money on frivolous things that the economy just caught up, caught up with us. And, you know, we are very com we felt really bad for ourselves i think about for three months We're like oh god what are we going to do keep in mind i have two children right two young children at the time right um we have a house that we have to pay for we have all these things that we needed to figure out and all we really did was pull up our bootstraps and go back to the basics 
and I, I, that's an easy thing to say, right? It's, it's easy to say this because I'm on the other side. But in reality, that's what it was, right? We just pulled up our things, focus on our sphere of influence, focus on our clients, increase our education, you know, just move forward. But the biggest thing, Joe, that we did is we stood tall. We didn't cower. We didn't let fear take over our lives. We just said, you know, look, this happened. We're, we're not evil people, right? And we just stood tall and did it. And I found over the years, people respect that. So much so I get constantly asked to go on boards and commissions and so forth and so on to help do that. So be authentically, fearlessly authentic. Be yourself. Um, and it'll work out. I know it, it's hot pie in the sky thing, but there is no real one, two, three, four, five, and six other than believe in yourself, believe in the people that are most important to you, your spouse, your business partners, the folks that are helping you at KW, all the people that are in your corner, your trusted advisors, believe in them. And again, just believe in yourself. It, it's hard, trust me. I tell this story all the time. When our youngest, oldest daughter, there's an eight year difference. When our oldest daughter graduated high school, we bought her a brand new BMW because we could do that at the time. Our youngest daughter who caught in the middle of this, when she, um, you know, we had a very open and honest discussion. Look, this is not where we are now. This is where we are. And we had a client that, that owed us a commission that couldn't pay us, but had a 1977 Ford Escort station wagon. So guess what we bought for our daughter? And she got to drive that up until college and then we, when she graduated, we were up to buy that. And uh, she bitched and moaned about it. I could tell you that all the way up until that point. But it was a life lesson that, you know, sometimes this is the way work, life works. And if you work hard and you believe in yourself and you treat people fairly, um, it, it'll come around. I hope that was a decent answer. No, I think the good, like what I'm hearing you say is that it's about mindset and that like when challenges show up, Sure. We have we to use challenges. Some people might have problems or like, issues, but I always look at problems, issues as opportunities wrapped in hard work, right? And what you basically said to everybody listening was, look, I didn't do anything crazy. I just got, I, I defined reality for my wife and my family so that everybody knew what was reality, what we're working with on the same page, and then chose to find the opportunity in a dark window that somebody else could have like folded and said, I'm not going to be fearless. I'm going to woe was me, blame it on the market, blame it on all these outside forces. But instead you took a mindset that says, Hey, I lost 17 million. I'm going to take three months to like pull my emotions together and rectify what I'm in, but then moved forward with saying that there is opportunity. It's just going to take hard work. And through that hard work, you're being able to get to where you're at today that most people I believe don't have the mental fortitude and grit to really get through that if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I think that's an amazing part of your entrepreneurial journey that I've gotten to meet personally with you. But um, to kind of wrap that up on this, on this episode, I yeah. think that's peace. People let fear get in the way a little too much. And I know it's easy to say, but people tend to get, get fearful in it. You know, I, I tell the, when I tell the story and I'm very open in public about it, um, you know, all we, this may sound flippant, but all we did was lose money. That's all we did. I always can make more money, right? I didn't lose what was important, right? Which was my family, my home, 
You know, I didn't lose that. We kept that. You can always make more money. I, again, I know that sounds easy, but it's not. It's very hard. But it's hard to make a new family. It's hard to find a woman that you've been married to for 37 years, right? On that end of it. So from that, that's the mindset, brother. You know, you, you, coming out of that, and, and, I, and I love that all tied together, you and Jonas are in, in your business. And again, having, having met you. But then there was, there, was a, there was a recovery for you. There was a rebuilding and a rebirth of your business. And then, you know, over the last couple of years, there was a change for where you were and where you are now. And, you know, obviously coming over to KW, what led you down that path to say, okay, here's the next right step for us to continue that new growth? So that's a great question, David. So um, where we were, not to bash anybody or where we were, the, the, there was a lack of growth curve available to us. There was not the tools, there was not the resources, there was not the culture of what we're trying to do right here as a prime example, right? What we're trying to do right here is to talk about case studies, right? Life stories to help others within the KW family to succeed. So it's all about, you know, the success, the success of our clients and our clients are the agents, right? That's our clients. And, it, and if they are successful, then we are successful as leadership or the corporate structure on that end of it. And that's what really excited, about, excited me about the move. I'm also in love with Quentin Beckham. Don't tell him I said that, by the way. Uh, but, you know, I think the world- Who is has, it? Uh, right, don't Who tell is Quentin. it? Yeah, I think him. But, you know, if you talk to him, I think sometimes it's him. But anyway, that's a psychology conversation for another day. But, but everybody was on the right mindset. Everybody was on this. You know, I define the market we're in. I kind of play on the words a little bit. I call it O-shift. And we're shifting, right? So who do you want to be with in an O-shifting market? Do you want to be, and I'm speaking as if you're an agent, do you want to be with a brokerage or a firm that's about me, 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 me? Or do you want to be with a firm that is out to help you grow your business, right? And that's the firm you want to be with. Uh, you know, and in this case, it's Keller Williams. And, and you know, we just, we drank the, the what is it, the Kool-Aid really quickly on it. Uh, but yeah, it, and it's that simple, gentlemen. Well, that's a funny thing. I, I always chuckle with that term. And yeah, there's some truth and a lot of truth to it. However, if it makes sense and it tastes good, why not enjoy it? Because you're seeing the fruits of that, right? And it's not, I mean, everything you said is true, right? Leadership, opportunity, pouring into the agents. I mean, some of the things that we see and in opportunity, right? Giving you the ability to do things on a larger, grander scale for your business that you get to experience while working for a traditional brokerage. And also, just to, to, to put a little point to that, we knew we wanted to build this team concept that we're doing, right? And you guys wrote the book on that, right? Keller Williams wrote the book on it. And uh, so we knew that the growth potential was going to be there. Yona and I are very good at looking forward. And uh, we knew that, you know, we, we needed this, this partnership, right? Because that's really what it is um, to, uh, to move forward through, this O shifting market. A lot of agents last couple of years are, aren't going to be used to this stuff and they're going to be looking for leadership and mentorship to get us through these times. 
hashtag who you're in business with matters. Nice plug. Um, but I think the question, Keith, you know, given all of your experience, and I'm just, you know, stating the experience based on your salt and pepper hair. Um, I would love At least I got it, brother. Just saying. At least I got it. <laughs> Shots fired, right? We're going to let David be the referee on this one. <laughs> um, but I think like your mindset example that you gave that like it's not always you know greener there's always greener pastures and sometimes it just takes grit and work and time right and that as long as you've got the true north star of what matters to you all the other things kind of figure itself out given what you've went through um in 2000 you know that seven to ten with your loss and moving forward i i'm a firm believer that like history repeats itself just with different people right so going into a shifting market where all the lead indicators show down in volume, listings taken, transactions involved, right? The only thing we're seeing that's going up is agent GCI just because of the appreciation of, of price points. What are your three call to actions? You said, hey, if I could go back to 2010 and I actually had this insight, what are the three things you would tell people? Go focus on these three things to be successful in a shifting market. So um, this... Every morning at 5.30 in the morning on my phone, on my trusty iPhone, pops up three things. Be professional, be caring, and be trustworthy. Those are the three things that in the middle of, the middle of this, okay, we're going to be professional. We're going to be caring. We're going to care about the, the transaction. We're going to care about our client and, and be trustworthy. That, that's an important word, right? What people need to trust us. They're, you, they're Generally, they're making their largest purchase or the largest move in their, in their life on that, on, on that end of it. And they need to be able to trust who they are. So that, you know, I, I, I hate to put it in big buckets, but that's really what it is. So be professional. So if you're lacking professional education, someplace you want to do that, please tack on to your professional. Caring is simple. Be empathetic, right? Just be caring about the other side. The money will follow, right? And, and be trustworthy. I mentioned something in um, uh, Roanoke when, when we were on the panel. So thank you very much for inviting me, allowing me to sit up there and, and chat. Um, I think the biggest advice I can give to agents right now is diversify in the way you do business. If you're focusing solely on top end stuff, you know what, start looking at different price points. If you're at different price points, maybe look at land, but you have to start looking at diversifying your, your uh, business book of business a little bit on that end of it. And then work on your professionalism, work on your caring, work on your trustworthiness. And it, it'll happen, man. It, it's, um, you know, be who you are, the money will follow. I know that you pour into people all the time, you and Jonas both. And I wanted to touch on that before we wrap up, right? You and Jonas are both heavily involved in the community, and she's got a really unique charity. So I wanted to kind of give a shout out to that and hear a little about that. But also for you as well, I know you've got things that are driving you every day, right, as you're giving back and you're working with people. So we want to kind of touch on that kind of impact sure. of how you're kind of giving back. So back to the story, right? Back to the story of losing $17 million. We had five companies, dozens upon dozens of employees you know, that ran me, I didn't run it at some point, right? You know, because that's generally how that goes. Well, one of the blessings is I now have time, right, uh, to do stuff. So I have what I refer to as a volaholic problem. 
I volunteer a little bit too much. Um, I'm on multiple boards and commissions, um, everything from uh, on President Ryan at UVA's how affordable housing team. I'm the only non, uh, not that I'm bragging or anything, it's just a fact. I'm the non, the only non-employee on that. I'm on the land trust that I chair. I'm on the regional housing partnership. So it's all things that are focused on um, housing, which I think I know a little bit about. Um, I'm on a national couple of national cohorts working on affordable housing, auxiliary dwelling units. So the point is our beautiful thing about our business, right? Because this is a business, right? I'm not in a salesperson. This is a business. We have a, a lot of flexibility in our time. And so we give, we give back. And if I'm being honest with you two gentlemen and whoever may be listening or watching, it's also good for business. It's good for business. You're talking about the idea of strategic giving, right? That like you can't have impact or even better yet, you can't have a mission without margin. So if you actually look at how can I impact something, that impact of time still needs to be able to produce some type of financial return so I can continue to have that impact. And I think that's one of those key ideas within your business of how do you structure some level of strategic giving, doing something you love, but also you have to figure out how that can actually be, you know, move business forward because you only have 24 hours in a day. And I think it's a, it's a huge impact for people. But keep in mind, it's a partnership. So uh, without my lovely better seven eights, I probably wouldn't be able to do most of, most of what, what, what I do. But it is, it, you know, it is, you know, let's call it what it is. You're 100% right. It is helpful. You know, when, when you have the president of UVA pick up the phone and ask you a question about housing, that has value, right? And it directly relates into it. But to go back to our previous conversation, but if you're not comfortable in your Keith suit, right, or your Joe suit or your David suit, you notice I'm the only one wearing a suit, by the way, for this interview. Just noticing it, just, just saying. Um, the uh, and a tie and a vest, because I dress for the occasion. Just saying. Uh, but in any event, you know, if you're not comfortable in who you are, look, gentlemen, I, I I'll share something with you. I got kicked out of high school. I have no formal education, zero. I was actually asked to leave high school, right? And back in the seventies, they didn't care. They gave you diplomas to get the hell out of out of your kid. They right? kick you out because you didn't wear a suit. Is that why? Is this like circular? It comes back and now realizes that now I got to so, dress the part. So here's a salesman story. In order for me to graduate high school, this one teacher who was just out of out of college had morals and ethics, and wouldn't go ahead and let me graduate unless I wrote a paper on Chaucer. I happened to be working at a florist at the time. As a young man, working at a florist is a very good idea. So I showed up with two dozen yellow roses and said, gave them to her. And she said, get the hell out of here. Here's your diploma. You're going to go far, kid. True story. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, I really appreciate this. This was a great conversation. Yeah, sure. I appreciate your time. And I want everybody to know that, you know, you're going to have to come and look at the YouTube channel, not just listen to us on the podcast to see how dapper this fine man oh, is oh, uh, standing out for the rest of us. But you can also take the time to listen to him. So what you're talking about, you also have a podcast, right? And just teaching us something we have to upper game because we're only doing this once a week. What you tell everybody where they can catch up with you? So, yes, thank you. So um, just, uh, it's, it's a website, just you can start there. It's called Real Talk, R-E-A-L, Talk with Keith Smith, very original.com. 
Um, I do it on the I, Life, the I Love Charlottesville network. We do it three times a week. We hit about 250,000 people on it. Um, it's live. Um, so it's about an hour and a half long. And we do exactly what we're doing right now for an hour and a half. The only difference is my co-host is following about 30 to 40 different social media platforms. And it's very interactive. People will ask questions and we do, we're, we're doing case studies now, which is really great. People will chime in and say, hey, look, I'm buying my first house. What should I do? And we do some case studies. So tune in and I'm going to reciprocate. We do it live. So we're in the studio. So when you two guys are next in Charlottesville, love to have you sit in front of a camera and, and we'll have a lot of fun. Well, I'll even suit up for that. Well, you're wearing a Philly thing. So that kind of. Well, I did say of, it wouldn't be red with a big P on it, but you yeah, know. You, you, you get a pass. You get a pass <laughs> on that one. Well, I mean, if, you know, Dave, if Dave's wearing his Philly jersey, I guess I can wear a trash bag. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, shots fired to end on this thing. I just want to say thanks oh. everybody for turning to Entrepreneurial Impact. Look forward to next week's episode as well. And if you're not following us, follow us at Entrepreneurial Impact on Spotify and Apple. And thanks for tuning in this week.